Hello and welcome to this episode of Budgeting Redefined. We start off by talking about the coronavirus. Dan tells the story of selling his juicer. And then we talk about manuals, not the devices, the manuals. And finally, we talk about staying on track towards a goal and what to do if you ever get off track. Like and subscribe. Hey, before we begin this week's pod, I just wanted to do a quick fact check on myself. Um, we do talk about the coronavirus, and I mentioned that it has around a 3% death rate, and I think a more accurate number is between 2.3% and 3%. Um, things are obviously still developing as more and more people get tested. Also, I mentioned the flu has a 1% death rate and the coronavirus having a 3x on that. But the death rate for the flu is um, actually more like 0.1% after checking the CDC website after the podcast was recorded, which makes the coronavirus 20 or 30 times more deadly. So just wanted to state that. But again, we're just two guys with the microphone. Please check the CDC website uh, for the latest information on that. Also, we talk about Delta stock. And I just want to say I'm not a financial advisor and I may have an interest in the stocks that we talk about. I own mutual funds and some of those may have Delta in them. So please just know that. And we are not giving financial advice as a financial advisor, but simply talking about our thoughts about what's going on in the world. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the pod. get started yeah let's get started let's get started hello everyone uh welcome to budgeting redefined i'm drew adams and i'm here with dan t taller what's up dan so um what's been going on in your money week oh my money week i thought we're gonna talk about coronavirus well i figured that was going (laughs) i definitely want to get it because that is the money week right it is it is it's part of the week has the coronavirus affected your money at all uh that's a good question it's affected some of my conversations, but I don't know that it's affected me financially yet. Mm-hmm. You, you haven't purchased any anything or not purchased something? Oh, no, something? that's a good point. That That is a good point. That brings up the – in North Carolina, I've noticed a lot more people kind of um, you know, making a run on the grocery store before a storm or whatever, and the coronavirus was not immune to that. Mm. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> so, so the store caught the virus too. The store caught the virus. They uh, they're they're uh, selling out. So yeah, my wife went to the store the other night, and it's it's kind of funny because it's not like a storm that's like it's coming in three days, two days, one day. It's kind of like yeah, it's it's circling around. But was she looking for coronavirus related purchases? No, it was just like groceries and stuff like i don't even know why i Mm. feel like maybe we're just doing it because everybody's like worried we're gonna be quarantined or something Mm. but in most of the personal conversations i've had with some people a friend of mine's even like pretty well informed um the coronavirus is not 
not much worse than like the flu for people that are healthy, um, you know, that are not elderly and don't have any um, respiratory problems or whatever. And so it's just, it's interesting kind of some of the things that really become a big issue. And I heard that even the Olympics may get canceled or postponed or whatever. And some, some lots of big tech conferences that I'm aware of have been canceled. And, um, you know, people are taking it pretty seriously. And Mm -hmm. and I guess I don't understand the full scope of, of that. Yeah. I've had those questions too. And some of some of my first of all, I'm just a guy on a microphone. So if you right. guys are listening to this and you want real information, you know, the CDC's website is probably where you should go. But my understanding, just soaking in information from the web, is that one of the reasons that people are so worked up about it is that it does have a three times higher death rate than the flu. Hmm. But that means like one percent of the people who get the flu end up dying from it, and three percent of people who end up getting the coronavirus end up dying from it and they're generally older like in their 70s another difference i think is that children and older people are susceptible to the flu but it's like adults and older people are more susceptible to the coronavirus Hmm. and now millions of people get the flu each year and you know we're talking about ninety thousand or something people who have the coronavirus right now Hmm. but in my mind i'm also thinking well that's probably because everybody who gets the coronavirus is ever is Right. put away yes. and kind of you know sequestered and everybody's worried about it so that must be part of the reason it's not spreading like the flu was so i'm assuming if they just let it go and do its natural course it would be like another wave of flu that was more damaging than the flu hmm. but not something like ebola yeah. which is like 50 percent of the people who got ebola died <laughs> like and not uh, to say that the three percent doesn't matter i mean it really right right it really does like i mean I'm pretty healthy guy. I mean, I don't suffer from high blood pressure yet or diabetes or anything. I, I mean, everything's yeah. cool. But I know, you know, my parents are older. Right. And my mother-in-law is older, and, and she's a pretty robust person, but I would rather not, yeah. you know, yeah. put anybody at risk for that. Right. So then it's yeah. like, well, what do we do? Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. I think uh, spreading it to people that, that could be more susceptible is definitely something to be concerned about. So as far as purchases go, though, it's like uh, we were actually planning on going to Disney World over spring break. Yes. And everything was good. Everything is good. I was you know, excited about it, excited to tell the kids about it. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, "Yeah, are they going to close Disney World down? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, hard to say, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's definitely a melting pot of people and, you know. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, then it's this sort of. How does it boil down to the personal financial, right? Like, mm-hmm. should, what should we pay for now? What should we not? Right. Yeah. And even if you, you know, bought um, tickets to, to Disney World and they closed down and they, you got reimbursed, you may not get reimbursed for a hotel or something, you know, travel plans or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's tough, tough to make the, the trip planned. Right, and you were talking about the conferences, mm-hmm. like Facebook's developer conference. Wasn't that sort of canceled? Yeah, I've heard a number of tech conferences for sure. And they were talking about the Olympics, like you mentioned earlier. So maybe you know it's not unheard of that a theme park might be shut down. I'm not yeah. even sure if they shut down the, the Disney World that's in China. Yeah, it seems like – yeah, I don't know what's going on over there, but it seems like pretty much everybody was quarantined for a time. It's mm-hmm. my understanding. It seemed like that would be kind of eerie. I don't know if that was really the case or not, but – it seems eerie if everybody in China was inside. <laughs> You're like sure. walking around. Yeah. 
Um, so another interesting thing is watching the stock market, you know, do its gyrations over mm. trying to figure mm-hmm. out whether right. how what kind of economic impact the coronavirus has been going been going to have. Um, and I have to say that I do wonder if it's a buying opportunity for mm. some stocks, mm, right? right? If you like Delta, for example, is down like. 50 percent or 60 or 70 percent are you serious yeah i think it went from 60 to 40 so that's a like a 50 percent drop in 60 the airline to 40 30 30 percent drop right 60 dollars a share okay yeah down to 40 but yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's Sorry, significant. Yeah, significant that's a significant drop and if you think about you're supposed to buy on fear buy. and sell when everyone's feeling really happy yeah so um you know if you th- if you fast forward two years from now and you think about whether we will still be concerned about the coronavirus and whether impacting flight and travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of thinking that they'll have it sorted out, yeah. right? And yeah. So yeah. you might get a 50% return on yeah. your money yeah, that's if you huge. were buying the Delta stock. Hey, I'm not a financial advisor <laughs> if you're listening. I'm just a guy. Please consult with your financial advisor before buying any stocks, and I may have an interest in the stock if you do so. so but anyway, I, I don't think I own Delta for real, but... The point is, is that sometimes these times of fear are opportunity if you can keep a level head. Totally. Although I'm not saying that I'm glad that the coronavirus is around. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, for sure. Clear? I mean, that's like absolutely, you know, stock trading 101 is like you want to buy low, sell high, right? And when stocks get uh, deflated because of something that is not considered to be long term, that's definitely an opportunity. And what was going on with your work as far as they're preparing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I work at uh, Teamworks and we did a so we're here in Durham. We have probably like 100 people in the office and we did kind of a precautionary everybody work from home day to see how, uh, you know, the technology would, would work. We have like a company wide meeting that we had today. Um, so it was it was kind of uh, not too eventful. I work remote once in a while anyway. Um, but I think a lot of people don't. And so, you know, we had like a hundred, hundred plus people on a hangout, having a company, company meeting. And this was and all to kinda, get prepared for yeah, just if in the case coronavirus comes around and everybody has to, everybody's got to work remote and let's make sure we're kind of, you know, geared up with it and everything to, to do it. So How did it go? It was good. I mean, like I said, for me, it was like pretty uneventful yeah. uh, since I work remote sometimes anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, Google hangouts didn't have a problem with that many people and, kind of moved right along i I think i heard that twitter did the same thing is that oh really yeah i I hadn't heard that but so yeah the coronavirus yeah yeah. it's 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 out there yeah thing Mm. (laughs) um we also wanted to talk about um the uh idea of planning for big purchases yes yeah so i was i was thinking about um Basically, the the trade-off we make when we make a purchase that's got a, a long-term payment, right? Where we basically add a recurring expense. So within Weekly, um, if you're not familiar with the app, uh, we simply invite users to input their regular income and all their recurring expenses so that we can calculate the remaining balance that can be spread over the weeks. And so you get this a weekly allotment based on your income and recurring allowance or your recurring expenses, excuse me. So anytime you add a recurring expense, that will 
uh, have an impact on what you can spend every week. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's a really powerful trade-off, or it's it's really powerful to get clear on what the trade-off is before you make a big purchase. So that may be buying a, a nice car that has a $500 car payment. It may be uh, looking to rent or even purchase a home. Um and what the implications are on your financial life. Um, and we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, but if you are going to get um, lending for purchasing a, a home, they ask you what your income is, what your debt obligations are, and then give you basically a um, proportional amount that you can take out as a loan to buy a house. And in some some cases for some people that'll work fine, but there may be other um, circumstances that aren't taken into their formula that may not make that a great um, option for you to, to buy a home. Mm-hmm. And so adding that amount of what that expense would be into weekly or whatever your budgeting app is before you actually make the purchase and then living on that amount, that decreased amount because of the expense, I think is a really good way to say, Hey, is the, is the pr- decreased purchasing power each week that I have because of this expense worth what I'm getting out of it, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. is it sustainable? Mm-hmm. And like when I was in that situation of having to buy my first home and they approved me for a certain amount, I, I took that back and I was like, there's no way. I mean, there's no way. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't leave anything left over. Yeah. And I w- would, I didn't, even though the bank said, hey, you can do this amount. You can commit to this loan amount. When I put that into budget, I was like, this, mm-hmm. this is not going to work. Yep. And and then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I have to remember that the bank is incented to lend as much as possible yep. to me, right? Um, because they make more money that way. Yep. Um, and I feel like I'm going through a similar thing now with my kids who are who are of college age. I have mm-hmm. one that's already done with college and I have one going in and I have three others who are still in well, anyway in, in school in middle school, elementary school and high school so they may tell me that i can afford the full amount of of what the college costs and by the way the, if you don't know like if you wanted to go to an expensive private college or something like that it's going to be seventy thousand dollars per year okay so much money. Right. And so they'll work with you or they'll use your finances. But if they come back and say, hey, you can afford this, I'm going to have to say, take that number back and make my own decision, yep. regardless of what they say I can afford for myself to determine whether I should should pay that amount. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Um, I, th- I think it, it kind of gets back to the idea of, of being the master of your finances, right? And not looking to an outside source for you know, to tell you how much you can afford on something like that. Yeah. That's critical. Um, so if you haven't downloaded weekly yet, I've just a total plug Plug here, here. but it is, it's so one of the things I love about weekly in general is that it eliminates all the categories in the day-to-day spending, but that really, um, I think drives home and is emphasized in this situation where you're looking to add, a number to your recurring expense and you want to know how it's going to f- affect you on a day-to-day basis. And so with weekly, w- once you add that recurring expense, you'll have your weekly allowance decreased and you'll just have that one number to spend and you can kind of see how that works 
rather than in a more traditional budgeting app, you'd have that number um, spread across you know, maybe a dozen different categories. So you could say, well, maybe I'll have this much less in groceries and this much less in entertainment and kind of trying to fidget around and adjust those categories rather than just saying, you know, can I live on this dollar amount per week and have a life that I enjoy? Or maybe, um, you know, that, that higher ticket item that has uh, a long life of paying it off isn't, isn't worth it to you. Mm-hmm. And, and you can make that more educated decision up front. Can I do a sidebar on mortgages? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. So I was going through some old papers trying to throw stuff away. Yeah, good for you. And That's I, good. I know. This is tough for me, Dan. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> anyway, I found an old mortgage statement from my from my first house. And a 30-year mortgage, you know, it, the way it's amortized is that it says, okay, it's a 30-year mortgage at whatever interest rate, mm-hmm. so you're going to have this much in interest over time and this much in, in principal. But the way they structure it, you probably know this, but you're going to pay most of the interest in the first 15 to 20 years, and you're not really knocking down the principal. You don't yeah. really get to those huge principal amounts until you're 21, 22, 23. And the problem is most people move. Within five or ten yeah. years. And mm-hmm. you haven't paid down your principal. All you've done is paid the interest on the principal for yeah. five or ten years. And I think that's crappy. Yeah. <laughs> why agree. is that legal? <laughs> why Why can't it just be this set amount for each side? Yeah. It's not right. We need yeah. to start a movement. Yeah. I like that. I, I'm totally on board with you. It, it is insane how much your interest is compared to the principal you pay off. Um, and Especially was, in those early years. In those early years, for sure. I mean, once it gets later on, then it, it switches. You know, mm-hmm. the last five, ten years, you're paying mostly principal. But in the first few years, it's it's like, yeah, it's mostly interest. So that means your, your principal balance doesn't go uh, down very much. And therefore, your equity doesn't go up so much. So when you do sell after five years or whatever, um, unless the housing market has gone up in your favor – you may um, lose all of the money that you've put into the house to realtor fees and closing costs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, when I was able to, I switched to a 15-year mortgage yeah. instead of a 30 uh-huh. because at least like the interest is lower and yeah. you're more likely to get to that chunk of time where you're mm-hmm. really pr- paying down the principal as opposed to the interest. I would be interested to know um, one of the uh, – one of the – financial approaches I've considered is just adding a uh, principal dollar amount in addition to the mortgage payment, which, mm-hmm. which can be a good idea. Um, if you have a, a loan amount and you are required to pay a certain amount, you can pay more on top of that to pay down your loan faster. And anything you, you add to that payment goes directly to principal. So I would be interested to know what the trade-off would be if you had a 15-year loan or if you got a 30-year loan and paid the same amount as you would pay with a 15-year loan, but just paid extra on the principal. Maybe it's the same, or I don't know yeah. what, what the math is on that. But that'd be interesting to understand. Yeah. My hunch is, without actually calculating it, is that it would work out similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, your way has the more flexibility option, where is if you, all of a sudden yeah. you didn't have that extra money to pay, you would have a lower, lower mortgage amount. Yeah. Um, but you know yeah, that you is really interesting but you have to be disciplined about sending something in and say just apply this to the principal and i'm not sure how the 
That's just what my gut says. Yeah, ours, I haven't done the math on it. Yeah, ours works out pretty well. I have like a small amount that we pay um, that's just principal in addition to our mortgage on Wells Fargo, and that works out pretty good. It's just whatever that amount is. But that'd be interesting to consider. Like if you wanted to pay off your loan over 15 years or 20 years and get the principal paid down much more quickly to consider that. Mm-hmm. So let's do a round of uh, why'd you buy that? So yes. for people that may be new to the pod, we um, are focusing on the feelings, the emotions, the behavioral psychology behind our purchases. And we hope that Weekly is a is a tool that can do that. It's just mindful spending focused on one number. So with why'd you buy that, we look at our own purchases Pick one out that has a story to it and then describe why we bought it and whether it was worth what we spent. It doesn't necessarily have to be positive. could be negative. <laughs> I so love it. We're opening our weekly apps and uh, scrolling through our transactions. So I got one, actually. Um, yesterday, American Hero, $20. Uh, American Hero is a restaurant. Well, you probably know. Mm-hmm. Out in Hillsboro, it's a, a Greek restaurant. Okay, uh, they have uh, Euro and you know Greek Greek foods, and I really like to eat there. And so, um, yesterday, my wife and I went to lunch there, uh, and I actually had a, a friend of mine from work say, "You know, p- finding and paying babysitters is really hard, but if you can take your spouse out on a date in the day while they're at school, then you save that whole headache." Um, what an and idea. Yeah, I hey, know, right? It's you, a hack. It's a life hack. It's, it is. It's a great life hack. And it just it's just so much more pleasant. Um, you know, that's just not the whole kind of uh, coordination with a babysitter, finding out the time, p- paying a babysitter, all that whole thing. Um, so shout out to – that was from Nate Collins. It's a, a friend of mine from work uh, gave me that tip. He said, share this on your podcast. So there you go. Hey. That, that on there. Hey. <laughs> uh, but I did that uh, this week um, and – uh, it just felt great um, going out to eat and knowing that we had money to do it because because uh, um, we use weekly. So, so that was pretty good. Yeah. I was excited about that. Yeah. Looks like you're still pulling up up yours. You want me to yeah. give another one here? Yeah. Uh, that would be good. But yeah, the, the, the during the day date with your wife. That's good. Yeah, yeah that's, like that. that's it's special. Idea, right? It's kind of special. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, look, we can see each other and talk to each other during yeah. the day. Yeah, <laughs> what do you knew? Like, slow down from work for a minute, get out there. So, um, we've been. I've talked about this for a while, but we've been trying to get rid of a lot of our stuff. We're we're selling things and just trying to reduce the less stuff you own. The, the more stuff you own, the more stuff owns you. So, we're kind of re- reduce the stuff that we own. So. Uh, I have another transaction here that's um, cash on hand. So when we sell, when we sell stuff, we we generally put it into the bank um, and track what we've. Uh, or it just goes into the bank. Actually, like we're we, we're not putting that into our weekly allowance um, because we just want to have the money saved, right? So the stuff that we sell, maybe we'll spend it on a vacation or something else, but we're not uh, using the money. But uh, there was, we did want to take $30 out of the money uh, to just have cash on hand. And so I have a transaction here for $30 that reduces our um, spending because we just kept that cash. Hmm. And so that's been kind of a convenient way to track 
Cash spending is whenever we withdraw cash, we just take it out of our allowance and weekly, and then we can just spend the cash on whatever we like. And I'm sorry, I missed that first point. Like, why do you need the cash? Oh, just to have on hand. Anna really likes it, but it's also helpful sometimes when our kids have like a field trip Mm -hmm. or um, something that we have to pay for for school or for some other reason, it's easier to have cash. Um, Yeah, that's it. It's nice to have cash on hand. So I'll pick one. A new expense that's been showing up in my tracker here <laughs> is clean juice. Uh, I think I'm – is that a smoothie place? It's kind of like a smoothie place, but it's, yeah. But it's like uh, – it's not like sugar smoothies. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah. It's, it's like healthy It's like healthy, healthy smoothies. It's healthy I, smoothies, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they have a milk base, so they're more like smoothies. Sometimes they're just like juicy. Like yeah. we, we were talking about the juicers last time on the pod, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they have like beets and you know carrots and – other things that make yeah, them taste yeah. good. Some I've, apple I've juice. been there once. Yeah, just yeah. like a few weeks ago. And they Tell me about it. Expensive as hell. They yes. are. So, sorry, they're expensive, <laughs> right? Yeah. They're like nine dollars for expensive. like sixteen ounces. Yeah. Um. So it's been showing up though because it's a it's a good way to start the day, and I'm trying to a little bit less coffee and and you know more natural things. Yeah. So I'm trying to determine whether this nine dollar yeah like 16 ounce drink is you know worth the money for me yeah but it has been showing up a little bit more and i notice when i drink those i i tend to you know i'll have a later lunch or something maybe hopefully a lighter lunch and I'll, mm-hmm. it'll make up for it yeah i like that a lot i i feel like that is the type of purchase that is totally up to your personal discretion it's like what how much do you value that you know because it is a high price but it's also like quality ingredients and it's like prepared in a way that you probably couldn't do easily at home unless you, you know, bought a juicer and had the vegetables and the recipe and, you know, you're making the making it, which, um, you know, you may just not do. So I, I think that's a totally viable, you know, decision to splurge on things like that if it is supportive to you. Right. You know? the, the trouble that I foresee is that I'm taking a $2 purchase was my usually my morning coffee two dollars and fifty cents at starbucks mm-hmm. whatever and turning it into a nine dollar daily purchase that's mm-hmm. a that's a big jump it is yeah so i, I don't know if i'm going to do it every day maybe <laughs> right, like well, juice coffee juice coffee yeah that's the other thing you know this is a, sometimes there's alternatives that you can you can not have to do that all the time I'll, i think i'll borrow a, ju- a juicer from my <laughs> yeah. friend dan is your juicer gone? i actually just sold my juicer just <laughs> like last you... night actually no. yeah how much was it's it? crazy 35 dollars. what'd you pay so i think we paid like 80 for it okay so i usually find we can get if we purchase a product that's in pretty good condition we can usually get around half of mm-hmm. what we paid for it mm-hmm. and sell it you know there may be exceptions to that but um, so this we posted for a little less than half. Uh, it was interesting, actually, the guy that we sold it to it was just kind it. of funny to me. So he, he came to our house to pick it up and, you know, I asked, I asked him, um, I, I brought the juicer. I was just kind of a funny situation because he pulled up, we live in a cul-de-sac and he didn't know which house was ours. I was going to have him come inside and show it to him, but he was outside and it was, it was like seven thirty or eight o'clock. And so it was dark 
And so he texted me. He's like, I'm here. So I'm like, okay. So I just brought it outside and it's dark and I'm meeting this guy. Did you demo the juicer in the <laughs> well, dark Well, that's outside. the thing is like, <laughs> like <laughs> juicer is a pain to clean. And like, there's no way I was like giving him a real demo, but I, I wanted to show it off. Right. Or like help him at least understand it. But I also didn't want to tell him something he already knew, you know? So I asked him like, have you ever used a juicer before? And he was like, I have like one time. And that was kind of interesting to me because on the phone, he had said that he is moving in a, into an apartment and he's just getting some stuff for his apartment. And I thought that was like such an odd decision to like buy a juicer. I don't know. Like, was, what? was he muscular, like into working out? No, no, no. And he had used one once before. I don't know. No judgment on it. I just thought that was kind of funny. So the first thing you want when you go in your apartment is, right, I gotta juicer. get a juicer. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not like, home without a juicer. <laughs> I mean, he's a healthy guy. Yeah. But he's only used one once before, right? He wasn't like a <laughs> wizard on it. It's like, I don't know. Maybe so, he's getting a new start in his yeah, life. Yeah, a new start. I like that. I can respect that. Yeah, sure. So anyway, um, now that I'm telling all this story, I'm trying to remember the f- the funniest part. But I, I, I want to know how you demoed it outside with no electricity. Yeah. Well, that was the thing is, um, so I was like, well, come over here on the porch. So we got porch lights and you can see... <laughs> And I just like, just don't come all the way inside. <laughs> well, this, well oh my, there was actually more to the story. We had some guests over. It was like, it was a whole thing last night and my wife was gone. It was, it was crazy. Okay. But anyway, so I bring him over to the porch and I like disassemble the juicer and I kind of explain to him how it works and you know, cause you gotta like disassemble you, the whole you thing took it apart. Yeah. You have to take, you have to take the, the top casing off. And then there's a, um, a like colander type thing that spins around that gets the juice out, but keeps the pulp in and then flings the pulp out through this back chute into a container that you empty. And then there's the blade that actually, you know, um, chops up the fruit or vegetables and you, you have to unscrew the blade in order to get the strainer off to get to the, the, circular part that catches the juice and then dispenses it out the front it's a whole thing it's right? a thing like that i think is the main drawback of using a juicer it's not the cost to buy a juicer or even the cost of vegetables it's like cleaning that thing is bad and if you don't clean it quickly it'll just mold so fast because you have like this oh. like veg- raw vegetables and, and yeah. fruit that's just sitting there you know and then that's nasty and anyway Sidebar? 35 dollars sold it yes go ahead do you keep the the manuals for the big things you buy like that? And did you have the manual to give to him? Or is this a complete waste of time because you can get every manual online now? Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, I, I don't keep the manuals. Um, and, in fact, there's a, there's a whole section in Marie Kondo's book about manuals. She talks about some of the specific stuff. She says you, you don't need it. I don't know. Like, basically every chapter in that book – the if you boil it down to one line, it's like you don't need it. Throw it away. <laughs> like get rid of it. You're not going to need it. And, and, Marie and she 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 actually does this crazy research about, um, you know why you don't need it or like for example, total sidebar. But for example, she talks about um, uh, what was it? Oh, like uh, if you get a sample of a hair product, people hold on to those so they can take them 
with them on like traveling or something like that. So she did this research to call these companies that make this hair product to see how long the shelf life is. And it's like really short, actually. Uh-huh. Like it's uh-huh. not a very long shelf life. And so if you're holding on to it for six months before you go on this trip and then you bring it along and like you have all this effort for like shampoo for s- or something, it's like, I don't know, just get it when you get there or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? How could shampoo go bad though for real? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's like, I'm the sure point, there's some though. active ingredients or whatever. <laughs> But I mean, like if drugs, I get, but like soap, <laughs> like soap goes bad. Well, I'm sure it depends I get your point, on the, like, the quality I mean, or whatever. <laughs> that is funny. So um, what's, what's your sidebar though? So, well, that, that was my sidebar about the, um, the manuals because I, I oh, tend right, to, right. Yeah. And what's funny also about manuals is that when you open them, they're like four fifths a language that you probably yes. don't speak. Yeah. You know? So the English language part it's just the first few pages yeah. or maybe it's in the middle i don't know you could rip it you could save yourself a lot of space by just taking <laughs> just keep the english portion or but you can't language. because it all fall apart yeah this is this is well, quite the, the discussion the thing is, is like as soon as you open the manual the first thing you want to do is just close it right like there's all these tiny words and you're like disoriented it's like forget it i'm just gonna start pulling some levers and we'll figure this thing out <laughs> exactly right? what i do <laughs> It's like filled with five different warnings. So yeah, like yeah. You, I don't feel comfortable using this anymore. <laughs> so it's yeah, just... all of a sudden you're like worried about things you weren't worried about before you bought it. It's like ah, oh, I, just... I could die from this. <laughs> I'm gonna take it back. <laughs> Make sure you have gloves and a hat it's like, and some glasses before I you operate even this own machinery. Safety goggles. <laughs> it's a juicer. <laughs> Uh, so back to the 35 dollars. i just want to know where did you advertise it so um we've actually done a a dual pronged approach we 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 made a list on Airtable. i don't know if you've used that before it's awesome it's like google sheets but more dynamic you can add pictures and attachments and have drop down fields and all sorts of cool stuff so, and then you can share a link publicly that's view only, right? So we've made a list of all the things we want to sell, taken pictures of them and priced them, and then shared that with like friends and family, right? Here's all the things. Uh, and then we're also posting a good number of those things on OfferUp, which is just an app. And uh, that's worked pretty well. Oh, so is that where the juicer was yeah. sold? From, yeah, on OfferUp. Offer yeah. did, did they try to negotiate the price down from 35 was there, that the asking price? So the asking price was thirty five. He said in the initial thread he wanted to buy it for thirty five dollars, and then right at the end when he's getting out his money, he said something in something to the effect of, "Is thirty five dollars as low as you'll go?" or something like that. And to me, it was kind of like. I think you've kind of lost your leverage at this point <laughs> with negotiating. Uh, I kind of appreciate the hail mary. Or just asking, I guess, to ask, but so I don't know you if know, I would consider that negotiating. Right. <laughs> I can actually do twenty. Actually, <laughs> actually, now that I've demoed it out here in the dark porch, just take it. <laughs> it's so, yours. Yeah, you were a little invested, right? He just was yeah. like, oh, "I'm out of here." You're like, "No, <laughs> hold on to this thing for another." No, I was five but... days or something. <laughs> Rearrange. It is true. I mean, I did have something to lose, but I felt like I could sell it for thirty five. So. Yeah, I think that's um, selling it for a little bit less than half of what you bought it for. I think that's accurate because 
this sort of goes back to the pod that we just did about selling your stuff online is it worth it but if you take something to a consignment shop which i re- i recently took something to the consignment shop mm-hmm. it was probably worth uh 80 or 90 dollars retail and she was like well it's 80 or 90 dollars we can sell it for 40 and we give you half so yeah here's 20 you yeah. know and that was it i was like okay right i'll do it yeah yeah that is interesting um seems like it seems like a pretty reasonable benchmark although consignment you're splitting that so mm-hmm. you're getting 25 percent quarter 20. yeah mm-hmm so you had one other thing you wanted to talk about staying on track. Yeah. So, um, I should pull up my notes on this one, but I was thinking about how critical it is to stay on track with your budget or get back on track quickly. Right. So, um, that's one of the the things about weekly that we've tried to improve on the traditional monthly budgeting problem is that when you get off track and you're budgeting over the course of a month, then you kind of, you know, let's say two weeks in you're, you're off track or you're going to overspend and you, you kind of just start to give up. Right. And then it starts to die. And then you kind of got to catch up the next month and get back into the flow. Um, and the thing about getting off, falling off the bandwagon with money that's a little different than falling off the bandwagon with other things is that money is not quite as forgiving, right? Mm. So if you, if you go off your diet for a week and you're trying to lose weight, you may gain some weight or you may stay the same or whatever, right? Gain a few pounds or, um, there's other examples too. Well, let's just stick with that one for now. You may gain a few pounds. If you like really go off the, the wagon on your budget you could spend a lot of money that you shouldn't pretty quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes it really that much more difficult to to get back out of that pattern. And so that's kind of my thought on that is is how critical it is to cut your losses early. Um, with weekly, it's easy to do that at the beginning of each week if if you've overspent um, and you you know you're not going to be able to to catch up from that overspending then just turning off the rollover and starting fresh um, can be a great way to stop that cycle because I think that's really where people get into trouble is where over a period of weeks and months um, you're you're overspending and not tracking it and kind of just giving up on your budget um, and then at the at the end of that you're you're left with all of those decisions, you know, in some things you can, you can kind of catch up on it more easily. Or I even think of relationships, right? <clears throat> Maybe if you haven't been investing in an important relationship as much as you should have, mm-hmm. I think you can get out of that with some effort, like relatively quickly in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. but with money, there's just no forgiveness, you know, and if you're carrying a credit card balance, you're, you're going to be paying interest on that until it's paid off. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just can really, can really haunt you. And so, I think it's that much more critical to uh, quickly uh, course correct if you're getting if you're getting off uh, course and and get back on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the idea of resetting um, on a regular basis is is interesting. Like, so you don't carry the the debt and the and the guilt from having failed in, over a particular set of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Recently, I've been trying to 
um, you write about the money thing, but uh, it meaning money is unforgiving, mm-hmm. and not only is it unforgiving, it's punishing when you go into yeah. debt. So it's yes. like not only did you fail, <laughs> we're going to keep reminding yes. you of your failure from yep. previous months or what have you. Um, but recently, I've been trying to you know cut less caffeine, less sugar, and less meat because mm-hmm. those things. So yeah, what I've been doing for that is um, instead of saying like no sugar or no meat or no caffeine, I've been like saying, if I can do one of those things in a day, I'll call that a win. Mm -hmm. Right. This day I had no, no added sugar. Like, so no like candy bars or things like that. Right. No dessert, but I can, I can have the meat and I can have the caffeine. Uh Right. Uh Or I have no meat, (laughs) but uh, you know, then I, so that helps me sort of get wins on different things in different days. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's working, but there's, you know, there's definitely been days where I just, all three man it was, yeah, it was a yes, good day yeah. <laughs> well and that, that is the that is the I other think there's the concept of cheat days but you, you can't but to your point you can't have cheat days with money yeah well I I think it um, you know it, it's interesting like like you can spend your money any way you want you just can only spend it once right mm-hmm. and so that's kind of the thing is is um, picking the day that you start your week may have some impact on kind of your the concept of a cheat day mm. right like so recently my wife and i have been playing around with what day we start the week on uh it used to be on sunday that that was the default for everybody in weekly but then we added the functionality where you could change it and we moved ours to saturday mm. because we do a lot of grocery shopping on saturday we may go out as a family uh and then we actually moved it up to friday have i talked about this on the pod yet no so now our week starts on Friday and we found that that gives us a lot of flexibility on Friday and Saturday because Friday night we may be ordering pizza. Friday night's generally a night we watch a movie together as a family at our house. So sometimes we order pizza or get food or whatever. And then um, uh, Saturday I kind of mentioned some of our activities. And so having that uh, allowance input into weekly on a Friday gives us uh, this feeling of freedom and cushion on Friday and Saturday. And then for us, Monday, uh, we don't uh, spend anything on Sunday, but then uh, Monday through Thursday is kind of a breeze. You know, it's just the work week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have some expenses. Sometimes I'm eating out for lunch or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's there's not a lot of uh, desire to, you know, spend money or we're not out shopping or, or doing those types of things. And so uh, that's one way that we've changed the that changing the day that our week starts on has given us kind of flexibility in this feeling that Friday and Saturday is like feeling good days, you know, let's, let's spend money. We've got it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then it's, uh, fairly straightforward for Monday through Thursday. And you're able to stay underneath, uh, what you have left over Mm -hmm. on Monday. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so you treat those Friday and Saturdays almost like your cheat days. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, sort of. I mean, obviously we, we have the same amount of money, whether we spend it on a Tuesday or a Friday, but we just prefer to have the flexibility and freedom on Friday and Saturday, and we're okay with with tightening up on other days. Yeah, and it all it all goes back into where you want to um, spend your money, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is a little bit different than maybe dieting, for example. Mm. With dieting. Um, it would be great for your body if you always ate healthy foods all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But like there's this psychological need where caffeine is feels good and, and helps us, you know, function and, and meat tastes good and sugar is stimulating and, 
So there's a, a psychological advantage we get to consuming things that maybe aren't the best for our bodies. Um, but with money, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like your money doesn't care how it's spent and it's not, um, you know, as long as it's like moral and ethical, it's, it's, it's fine to spend your money however you please. And so, um, the question is how do you get the most value out of that? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where I think there's a little bit of difference, um, from dieting, which, which has kind of two goals. One is how can I, um, be healthy and support my body by eating healthy foods. And then the secondary goal is how can I, um, enrich my feeling and enjoy the pleasure of eating? I think that's about it. Is there anything else you want to cover in this, in this week's it. pod? A couple asks from, from you, the listener, if you like this podcast, um, rate it in, in the podcast app that you're listening to so we can spread the word. Um, and if you are in the market for a new type of budgeting system, try out weekly. And we're only on iOS right now, but it's awesome. Um, we would love if you could go to the iOS app store and download it and review it in the app store. Or you can email us at support at weeklybudgeting.com and tell us your thoughts. We Dan, Dan is really good about replying to people. So I set you up. So <laughs> now you have I, to. I, I love the emails. Send them my way. <laughs> we love them. So yeah, please, uh, please do that and let us know what you think. We want to create just the world's best money management app. I, it, it's not even, it's money management. It's almost, but it's not traditional. It's not a mint. It's not going to put everything in one app so you can see it all. That's not our goal. Our goal is to keep you spending mindfully to increase the joy that you have and the relationship with your money on a weekly basis because that's the way we believe that people behave. It's on a week. It's not on a month. And it's the natural cadence. And we want to bring mindfulness back to spending or bring it to spending for the first time. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Weeklybudgeting.com is uh, where you can find us. And any parting thoughts as we go? I don't think so. Happy budgeting. Happy Keep budgeting. Keep it up. Minutes since I've had that, and she's my type of girl, and everybody knows it.